please be seated. We're in the book of Hebrews. As we begin the study, we kind of had a introduction last week, and we're going to continue with a little bit of um, review and, and introduction, then begin to get into these uh, 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 this this precious study today. Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one. We're going to be reading the first three verses. Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one, verse one. God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that we had the opportunity to come today and to enjoy this precious time. Please continue to guide and lead us through your word. We must have your spirit to to show us, to teach us, and help us to understand that we have everything that we need right in this precious book as we are led by you through this book. Thank you, Father, for your wisdom, for your understanding. Thank you for your salvation. And I pray that all here know you as their Lord and Savior. Please, please, dear Lord, touch every heart today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, in a little bit of review, and we need to be reminded that this is one of the most important books in the New Testament. And we need to understand that this also is the least studied of all the books in the New Testament. The book contains some of the most doctrines, the greatest doctrines for our Christian life. Believers that abide in this book will grow to be a mature Christian. This book has us, pushes us to perfection. So it's so important that each one of us come and study will we be perfect not until that trump sounds and we're in god's presence but we need to work towards perfection and the book of hebrews will lead you there it is a great study a strong study and we need you here each and every week as we discussed last week this book ties in the old testament and the new testament and until you have a study of the Old Testament, uh, and, and so we're going to kind of be a little bit back and forth, uh, especially when we get to the areas concerning uh, the connection of the tabernacle, uh, the, the faith chapter that it goes back into those that by faith uh, will be going back and forth into the uh, Old Testament text to bring those forward for you so that we can see those. But it's so important that 
we understand that the book from Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation is complete and it's for our instruction. But the book of Hebrews brings it right down to to uh, the, the, where we need to have it. Uh, the, the work that God has given us in his book is complete. We need nothing else. Everything is here. Every instruction that you and I need for our daily living is here. And it can be brought to us by the Holy Spirit when you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, in review, most agree that this book was written in 62 to 65, no earlier than that, and certainly no later than uh, the 70, uh, because of references as made of the, of the temple of Jerusalem, which in 70 A.D., Titus the Roman destroyed it. And so we know that it has to be before them. A uh, question is always raised, and uh, we uh, showed through verses of Scripture in Hebrews and in, in Philippians that Paul, I believe, is without question, is the author. Paul wrote this, I believe, when he was in prison in Rome or at least in Italy at the time. And so we've established those certainties and those those. Uh, things for us to, uh, 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 to to know today and to to uh, enjoy. So as we begin now, that uh, from review, and we this is where we kind of stopped last week, um, Paul is telling the Christian Jews to put away the old things of the 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 studies, uh, the laws of Moses, we need to put those away, and we have a new and better thing. And so Paul is trying to instruct. And again, uh, uh, the book of Hebrews was written for believers, Christian uh, Jews, those that had been saved. The book of Hebrews is for born-again believers. And so for a lost person to study this, yes, you could come by faith to the Lord Jesus. You could be saved by the Word of God. But the instruction and what's to follow here is for believers. And so understand that. But Judaism uh, needs to be set aside. We don't need to, to bring offerings and sacrifices to the temple. We don't need to follow after these uh, ceremonies of, uh, of the Passover. All those things were completed when Jesus died on the cross. And so Paul is here trying to, to help us to understand that. need to put away the earthly sanctuary and bring forward the heavenly building that's not made with hands. And so our Lord Jesus is not the um, is not only the author, author of our faith, but he is also the finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and he is the end of our faith. And what's important is that he even brings us and fills us with the center. So he not only saves us, he not only sees that we find our 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 uh, voyage home to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus, but he fills everything in between. 
that we can enjoy his power and his presence. It's also very important that we understand that. Still in a little bit of, 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 uh, of survey of the book, from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 10, verse 18, is mostly doctrine. Now that is something that is not taught today. Doctrine is not taught. If you go to uh, most churches, you ask them what they believe. Uh, uh, the, the common um, parishioner, a uh, member of that church, would have no idea. If you ask them, do you believe that baptism saves? No. They, they wouldn't know. You ask them, can you lose your salvation once you're saved? Number one, they wouldn't even know what you were talking about. But if they did, they would say, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, they, they, would, they wouldn't know. They don't know these, these doctrinal stands that we need to, to, to be aware of. Uh, they, they, what does the Lord's Supper, what, what, is that, what does that really represent? I don't know. Uh, that would be their most common answer because people do not know the doctrines of their church. And we need to see that the doctrines of the church is the same as the doctrines of the Word of God. And so the first ten chapters in the book of Hebrews deals with doctrine. And so we're going to learn much uh, doctrine in this, in this study. From chapter 10, verse 19 to the end, chapter 13, verse 25, is more of practical truths, things for our daily living. And so that kind of gives you an an idea there. Most believers choose not to study the Word of God at all. They may read it. They do not study it. They do not search it. And in light, in turn, they stay a baby. That's where they stay. Most believers that are born again never grow to be a mature Christian. And you can see that by um, almost every building program or addition or anything that goes on in a Bible-believing, soul-winning church, a church that preaches the gospel. Before that effort is finished, before that building is done, before the remodel is done, uh, there, there will be an argument. There will be a discussion that goes on uh, because they, they are not seeking the will of God. They're not seeking the, the wisdom that the Holy Spirit is giving them. They have sided with themselves. I don't like the car, color of the carpet. I don't like this. I don't like that instead of realizing. And so you can see the evidence very quickly that that most of the churches are full of babies. We need to see that we are going to grow on to be a mature, strong Christian, each and every one of us. It's important uh, and to understand that uh, if you remain a baby all of your life basically you've got one foot in the world 
you've you've kept one foot in the world all the time. I kind of love this. I kind of enjoy this. Well, if you have one foot in the world, you just will have both feet in the world because you are not growing as a Christian at all. You're enjoying things of the world, and you're not seeking the joys that God wants to give you, which is beyond any joy that this old world can give you. The only thing this world can give you is misery and sadness and heartbreak. And so please look to the Lord Jesus. Now, as we look at this first verse of chapter 1 of Hebrews, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. The last days that we're looking at here are the days that we're in. The last days were opened up. The last days began the day Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, rose again, and ascended. That is when the last days started. So when we're looking at these words right here, and you see that, you think, well, what is the, the sundry times, diverse manner, um, and, and last days spoken of? What are we talking about here? We're talking about the very day we're living in. That's the days that we're speaking of here. We are living in the last days. We are the people whom the end of the world is come as 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 tells us. That first verse, God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers uh, by the prophets. We need to understand what has transitioned here. The, the prophesying, uh, the, the message, the 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 words that were directed from God came down through the prophets and by these these times. Uh, God is no longer veiled. When the Lord Jesus was crucified and died on the cross, the veil was separated in the holy of, between the Holy of Holies and the holy place. Now you say, I don't understand what that means. Well, stay put. Stay with us because we're going to go back through the tabernacle here in a few weeks or months. We'll get to that point to where we'll st we'll have a short study of the tabernacle so that you can understand the picture that that has for each one of us. But as we look at at this, knowing that veil is is separated, we we find that God is changing His voice, changing his ways that he is speaking to us. And when you look at sundry times, sundry means in many ways. And it also, sundry means piecemeal. In other words, he would give a little bit to uh, the, the prophet, and the prophet then would share it with the fathers, uh, and that would be, you see, at this time, uh, you the, the, the priest of the house was the father. The teacher 
of the household was always the father. The father was to teach the family the children. The family and the children the word of God. And that, that's what was supposed to take place. And so the prophets told the fathers, the fathers told the families. And the eldest was the teacher. The eldest was to teach the word of God. And we see today how that, that has changed so much because today, as a whole, the mothers are the teachers. The fathers are supposed to be the spiritual leaders and the teachers of the households, and they are not. If it wasn't for the mothers today, the, the, they're, they're in the past years, and today that's even gone. We used to have uh, children in, in Sunday school, and those children would be brought to Sunday school by the mother. And it should be taught by the father. The father should be the, the, the teacher. So that's what it's talking about here, passed unto the fathers by the prophets. But the sundry times was a piecemeal. It was, it was many pieces and parts and then times is occasions so many many times the prophets gave little parts and little pieces to the fathers as they were instructed then to teach the word of god you see all of us we have the bible we have the complete word of god now they did not have that they may have had a, a, a summary of the book of isaiah they may have had the, the collection of the books of Moses. They may have had that, but that was all. They, they, didn't, they didn't have the joy of, of holding the word of God and proclaiming the word of God. And so what they received from the prophets to the fathers down to the families. They received this many times, and then and the next is in diverse manners. That means in many various ways. So they received the word of God, dreams, visions, donkeys. God used a lot of things to instruct the fathers and the prophets. So many, many different manners through dreams, visions, Voices from heavens, bright light. I mean, there were so many different means that God spoke to his people. And down through, the prophets would receive it, and the prophets would, would hand it on to the fathers and the fathers to the people. So we find in verse 1, and now in verse 2, hath in these last days spoken unto us, by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he hath made the worlds. The Lord Jesus is appointed heir. God the Father appointed the Lord Jesus. No longer do we have prophets. We take the word of God and we share the word of God. But no longer does God use a single man to speak to him than to speak to us because everything we possess today comes through the Son. The Son has taken that position. Hath in these last days, 
I've already said we're in the last days, spoken unto us by His Son. That's the only way. If you hear someone say that there's been a prophet raised up somewhere and he sees a vision of something that's going to happen, close your ears, do not listen, because he is a false prophet. He is not of truth. And so many today can be caught up with the these false prophets. Oh, this and he he this this is a truth that is here. Please, please do not accept that because the Word of God tells us that in the last days, which is the days we're in, spoken to us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. So this appointed heir, Christ's position in the Godhead is in every way equal with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But his position as heir has to do with the incarnate Son, the Lord Jesus, the Son of Man. He has become the heir. Another word for that would be possessor. Jesus possesses everything. God the Father has given him that position, that place, the possessor of all things. Another way to to say this for us, maybe to better understand the position that our Lord and Savior is, his position is as the last Adam You've always heard the first Adam and our Lord Jesus is the last Adam. He has been made the head of the new race or the people, a new people. And if we go to 2 Corinthians, I want you to see these uh, verses of Scripture. Please go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you wonder, here is the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's what happens when we trust in the Lord Jesus. Now, we know when the Lord Jesus come to earth, as we see, hath in the last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world's. At some point in time, our Lord and Savior set aside his glory when he came to earth. But when he returned, he has taken his proper place. And there will be a time, no matter how wicked this world becomes, that every knee will bow 
and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Now, some of that's going to take place after you have died if you refuse to do it now. There are two scripture verses. One is Romans 14.11, and the other is Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. tells us clearly that every knee shall bow. Now, you can have someone today that does not believe, someone today that curses the Lord, someone today that dies today, because they have rejected the Lord Jesus, will wake up in hell. That individual, at some point in time, even out of hell, will bow their knee and confess that Jesus is Lord. Because the Word of God tells us so. Now, it's not going to do them any good. It's not going to, not going to get them from hell to heaven. Judgment is over. But they will. They will. Confess and every knee shall bow. Let's go to a couple verses of Scripture concerning the end of this text here. Whom also he made the worlds. Let's go to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, verse 3. If you wonder who, who made it, most people think God the Father did, but it's God the Son. God the Father gave him that position, that authority. John chapter 1, verse 3. We can read uh, verse 1 and then come down to verse 14, so there's no question or confusion in your mind. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made uh, that was made. Now come over to verse 14. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Confirmed without question that it is the Lord Jesus. So our Lord and Savior is the Creator. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The brightness of his glory. It is impossible for us to understand. Jesus is the sun, the brightness of his glory. Brightness means shining forth. He's the light of the world. Where Jesus is, there is light. Where Jesus is rejected, there is darkness. The darkness of damnation. Now, that is the condition that this country is going in. It's going against the Lord Jesus. 
The churches that exist are liberal churches, do not preach the truth, do not preach the gospel. Few go to church, few waste their time to go to church. This this COVID that has come upon us has, has even taken good folks out of the house of God because they're afraid to come into the to the church to hear the word of God. And so it the devil is is working, the devil is darkness. And anyone that rejects the Lord Jesus Christ rejects the light. And if you have no light, you have no salvation. Originally, the light was connected with the tabernacle, with the Shekinah glory cloud, with the ark. That was the connection. Where the ark was found, the Shekinah glory cloud was found, the light. That's, that, that was the only light that the Old Testament saints had concerning seeing their God was the Shekinah glory cloud. It was, it was fire by night and the cloud by day. But that light, they could see the existence of God during that time. Well, the Philistines stole it. They stole the ark. And I love this old story. I had to go back and, and, and reread it. I'm not going to take time today, but please, today, this afternoon, go back to 1 Samuel, the fourth chapter. Starts with verse 22. Philistines stole, I'll just tell you real quick, Philistines stole the, the ark. They said it, they said it in, in front of Dagon, their God. And if you study back in the Old Testament, Dagon was half fish and had hands of a man and hands of, uh, a head of a man. And so they said it to honor their God. They said it in front of Dagon, this, the statue. Now, if you wonder where Dagon came out, it, it's believed that Dagon is the father of Baal. So you see how these false religions just keep moving forwards and rolling. But when you read this, they get up the next morning. Poor old Dagon's laying flat on his face in front of the ark. <laughs> and they wonder, what happened? So they pick him up. Next morning, they come by. There's the ark. Dagon's flat on his face with his head broke off and his arms broke off. <laughs> the only thing left was just the little stool. You see, even with that ark of the covenant, God was not going to allow him to be honored by Dagon in any way. And so he knocks over this. Uh, I, I love the story. Go back to First Samuel chapter four, and uh, and you can you can get the uh, the story of it. Uh, Dagon was the god of the Philistines, and so they thought they were all so powerful and everything. And so, very quickly here in 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 coming to close, the uh, the express image is the the form, the form of God. Uh, he was the form of God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and so if you want to know God, 
you must know the Lord Jesus. And um, we're going to start with some verses of Scripture in John 14 and 2 Corinthians and and just enjoy the, the study as we move forwards through this. But realizing that the light that used to come through the prophets, the light that used to come from the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the presence of the Lord in the Holy of Holies, all that now has been moved to the Son. And so now all the wisdom we need, all the understanding we need, all the power we need, all the light we, we, we have to have, all comes through the Son and is found in his precious book because he has written this book for us. So if you want wisdom, you want power, you want strength, you want the light, go to the Word of God. Don't look for some outside prophet. Don't look for some sign that's going to come because we have everything in the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't miss that. Come by faith to Jesus and be born again and walk with him each and every day. And we're going to close with this, and we'll close with prayer. Father, thank you that we have the opportunity today to come and to open your precious word and to pour over it. Show us, Father, your way and your will that, that we may live and enjoy the, the light that you have for us. Don't, don't let any of us miss that. Come first by faith to Jesus, then begin that wonderful walk. So many fathers stay as babies, they one foot in the world, one foot uh, in, in church, but in truth, both feet are still stuck in the world. You've saved them, but they're still in the mud and the muck of the world. So, Father, help them to come out, help each one of us to come out and to walk with you each and every day. Speak to hearts now, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.